Hello, and welcome to Fintech Surge Podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities through fintech innovations in the Middle East for the Middle East. Powered by Fintech Surge, the region's leading fintech festival, hosted by the BioWorld Trade Center alongside Jitex Global. Hi, I'm excited to introduce Olivier Crespin, uh, co-founder and CEO of Zand. Great to have you on board with us. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, great. And so for those who don't know Zanda, it's actually the first digital bank to provide both retail and corporate services in the UAE. So is that globally or is that UAE specifically? So right now we are launching uh, in UAE, mm -hmm. but we are the first bank globally to offer both uh, corporate and retail or digital way from day one. Amazing. And so when we say the first digital bank to offer corporate and retail services, what, what does digital banking mean? Okay, digital bank is uh, really you have two words, obviously, digital and bank. Mm -hmm. But I always say that if you want to build a digital bank, don't try to build the bank. So it's different from a bank, from the way we build it. So we build, in fact, a platform, mm -hmm. a platform with a banking license that allows us to connect uh, with people and help them in their day-to-day life or to achieve their lifetime goals, right? To be there where the client is at any point in time. Of course, that's great. And so, you know, the question I always ask and right where we start these podcasts, just because we get so many different answers depending on whether you're in pay tech, insure tech, reg tech, is what does fintech mean to you? Oh, fintech is uh, really, you have the combination of two great things, right? Technology mm -hmm. uh, applied to finance. And so the fintech company or fint company will try to find solution uh, to support uh, people, right? Mm -hmm. So you know that most uh, of the activity of a human being end up in a financial transaction or start with a financial transaction. In fact, there was like a survey that says that 70% uh, of any human activity end up into a financial transaction. So yeah. how can you be there to support people in their, in their life, right? To, to be able to come up with solutions that are going to be relevant to them and add value. Right. Uh, to each, everybody. So fintech uh, and the difference between a fintech and a bank that is using fintech solution is that a bank will have a banking license mm -hmm. and a, a fintech will not have. But no, you can do a lot of uh, support, a lot of product uh, without necessarily having a, a license. But you can combine with a bank so you can bring it to the majority of people. That's great. And so, you know, that's a very important point is that 70% you said of our activity has some sort of financial transaction. Yes, like for example, to come here for this meeting, I have to buy, buy a jacket, right? Sure. Yeah. So it, it, when you think about it, when the first time I saw this survey, I said, wow, that's maybe exaggerated. But when you think about it, pretty much everything we do has a financial yeah. transaction into it. That's great. And so, <laughs> so FinTech, I guess, in a way, somehow affects 70% of human lives. Uh, exactly. I think so. Yeah, Definitely. and that's the idea, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And so, um, you know, how did you come up with the idea for Zent? I mean, we've been having traditional banks. Traditional banks are evolving with, you know, tap to pay. Now you have buy now, pay later through traditional banks. So, so how did you say, no, we need, we need a digital, digital bank in this audience? Okay, so I think, first of all, it's not my first digital bank. I've already launched uh, two or three uh, mm. Swedish banks, okay. one in India, one in Indonesia, and, and one in Vietnam. And I think that uh, why here in UAE, why do we need a, a, a digital bank? And I think that when you look at the agenda, the digital agenda of the country mm -hmm. is excellent, very ambitious. Uh, but to be able to support uh, this agenda, mm -hmm. you need 
native digital bank. Sure. Because you need to be able to connect with all the new digital players, mm -hmm. to connect to the ecosystem. And that you cannot do it if you're not native of course, digital. Of course. And not only native uh, digital bank, but also native data kind of uh, organization where we have built all the uh, analytic infrastructure from, from day one, which is a, a big advantage. That's great, that's great. And so Zan specifically, because as you mentioned, you've set up two digital banks before, Three, yeah. now you're setting up Zand. Um, so I guess it, it stands to reason that, you know, there might be another digital bank coming somewhere down the line. How, what's different about Zand? How does Zand set itself apart from whatever else may be in the market or where, whatever else may come to the market? Okay, so I think so, there are a few, a few areas where we differentiate ourselves, right? Uh, first of all, is uh, what I mentioned is fully native digital bank. So mm -hmm. that means that all our process front and back are, are digital. Right, so you don't have the legacy uh, mm -hmm. that a traditional bank can have. So you can as well uh, leverage the latest uh, technology. Uh, so for example, everything, all our applications are on a cloud, mm -hmm. uh, on two active, uh, active data center between Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Not many banks uh, have this. You can replicate your solution. It's very scalable as well. Uh, we are focus a lot on analytics to make sure we can identify the right product, uh, right solution for, for clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are focusing on a product that can be delivered digitally only. Yeah. So for example, if you ask me mortgage, are you going to offer mortgage? No, not for the time being because mm -hmm. mortgage is very uh, manual sure. process right now. It's very difficult to digitalize it. But the day we can do tokenized uh, mortgage, by all means, we are going to go into it. So this is the kind of yeah. solution we are going to try to find uh, to, to be able to, again, uh, support the people wherever they are. That's amazing. So, so one of the big difference that we don't try to build everything ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So because we understand that every product requires a lot of time if you want to, to get the optimum customer experience. So the way we did the bank is uh, we build it um, very differently from any other bank. Mm -hmm. We build a platform not a bank. That means that we can connect with different players. So uh, at our middleware level, we can uh, integrate some fintech who have solution mm -hmm. that can be offered to our clients. So it's like, you imagine this platform when you can plug a lot of solutions that can make, we make available to, to clients. Yeah. And that we do it uh, uh, in a, uh, with a, within the regulation, right? The mm -hmm. central bank are regulated by central bank. Yeah. And, and so we are combining both, right? The platform, which is really the very digital, latest technology, etc., with at the, at the same time the uh, management of risk uh, that is associated to a license. That's great. And so you were mentioning, you know, you're, you are regulated by a central bank. Um, you're, you're a lot more flexible. You can, you're basically a platform and you can plug in solutions within that platform. You don't have to redo the whole exactly. thing. You can actually just, you know, optimize the platform as time goes on. Is there room for traditional banks in the future or will digital banks completely um, you know, take over the market? I think most of the experience will become digital. Mm -hmm. um, I think the banks still relevant uh, as long as they can digitalize. Yeah. Uh, because it's what, uh, not, not because they have to, but it's because of people. Right. It's what the customer wants. You know, after sure. COVID, etc. now everybody right, is expecting to 
they, people want to save time, they don't want things simple, they don't want to uh, waste time you know, in a, in a branch, they want to be recognized, they want to get access to best product, all of that. I think what the bank, the essence of banking still needed. Mm -hmm. and, and what is a bank? Right. And I think if you ask me what is a bank, uh, for me a bank is an entity that is managing risk. Mm -hmm. All kind of risk. Risk on a client, risk on a, on a loan, risk on a transaction, giving peace of mind of people. And that, I, I, I think, will still need it, uh, but it may take different kind of form and it will become more and more digital. Yeah. And that's actually very interesting because your definition of bank is managing risks and my definition of bank is a vault. You know, so you put your money in the in the bank, it's in the bank. You can take it to the bank means it's safe and that's yeah. where the bank is. And you know, as we move away from, you know, physical currency and more towards uh, digital currency and even cryptocurrency, yes. you know, there's not as much need for that vault anymore. It's uh, you have ownership of your money. That doesn't mean you need to have physical uh, touch on that on that yeah, money, I guess. Exactly. You, say. you don't need to to have a touch and and we want as well to you know, to be a kind of a bridge between fiat and crypto, mm -hmm. right? To, so when you, because right now when you buy crypto is quite easy, but when you want to bring back crypto into fiat currency is where it's a little trickier, right? It's more difficult, right? So mm -hmm. we would like to be able to support that by doing the right screening about the token or the crypto, etc. And that's also the other areas that we want to really focus on is uh, to be the link between uh, centralized finance and decentralized finance. Sure. Because I really, uh, again, right, DeFi, uh, many products can be offered on a de decentralized way, but what is needed when you look at what's happening in DeFi right now is you need to simplify the expense because right now you need to be a gig, right, to mm -hmm. be able to, for example, if you want to do to buy a commodity token, right, you need to do a lot of uh, open account and MetaMask, convert right, it from Ethereum to that, yeah. Polygon, then mm -hmm. go your, do your KYC in tokenies and go and do an exchange. So can we simplify this uh, for client and can we as well bring some kind of uh, trust into mm -hmm. a decentralized networks that potentially the bank can bring by doing due diligence, by, by reviewing uh, the different players yeah. in, in this organization. So that's the area where yeah. slowly, obviously, with uh, um, at the same as the regulators, is that the area we are ready to, to really explore. Yeah, great. And so that's one of the common themes that, that we're talking about on this podcast for, from fintechs to banks and whether, you know, banks and regulators and large institutions are the friend or the enemy of fintech innovators. And, and you're kind of somewhere in between that you're a digital bank, so you're an innovator, but also sort of a bank. Yeah, but that's why we say a, a big friend of uh, the innovators of fintech because the offering we can offer our client will depend on how well we're able to partner yeah. with fintech. So what we, we do, right, when we, for any product we want to offer, first decision, do you want to build or do you want to buy, mm. right? Correct. So if you want to buy or white label, etc., obviously we are going to go uh, to a, a fintech, sure. right? And we are going to integrate. Mm -hmm. uh, if something, because strategically is very important, is going to help us to differentiate ourselves, and because we don't think anybody has done it before, mm -hmm. maybe we are going to be. Sure. But I, I think so, that overall, I think, uh, I would say 80% of what we're offering are provided by fintech. Yeah, so, that's great. So I think uh, that uh, we are orchestrating 
orchestrator of technology, right? Uh, yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, earlier I asked, you know, um, is there room in the future for traditional banks? And you said, yes, if they digitize. Is that in some way a threat to current digital banks that are starting up now? If the traditional banks digitize, will they not just have the bigger share of the market? So I think the market is big enough and there are so many needs that, uh, in fact, you know, many people ask me why uh, we are getting a, a new license here. Why is there is a new digital bank coming up mm -hmm. like Zend in NUAE? Uh, first of all, is what I mentioned previously because the uh, digital agenda is very, very big and we understand mm -hmm. that you need pride to be native to take, talk, speak the same language as a new digital player and also to be able to integrate with corporate, big corporate as well, sure. or converting themselves into digital corporate. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think as well from a, uh, from a government point of view, uh, what they really understand is that not only you create a digital bank which is going to show the way, but you create emulation. You create some kind of other banks to try to pick up. Because sure. if you are in a market where there is no competition and nobody is coming with any digital solution, nobody is going to evolve. Of course. And I think that the, the question is uh, the, the market is big, big and as well, uh, if a model works well, it can be expanded mm -hmm. uh, in other countries, in other regions. And at the end of the day, uh, I think there is uh, space to be able to uh, meet uh, the customer needs uh, sure. so for quite some time. Sure. And, and so, you know, as you mentioned that, uh, you know, Zen is a native platform, which now it can actually adapt other fintech solutions within that platform. What do you see as the next wave or, or where, where is it going other than from what it is now? What's happening in five years, 10 years that's going to, that you see in the market evolving when it comes to banking or digital banking? So many things are evolving and in fact, I'm uh, impressed uh, with the speed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's going, right? Uh, you see a lot of uh, new players uh, in the market, what I mentioned previously about the decentralized finance. Sure. So I see more and more integration. Uh, I see a lot of the previous solution, uh, particularly on the corporate banking side, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like uh, security services, trade finance, etc., being done in a blockchain. Sure. Um, and that's going to be a, a real revolution. We have been talking about it for some time. A little right? bit, a little long now. But huh? no, it's really, I, I can see where right, it's the right time. Mm -hmm. Because the solution on there, uh, you know, if you, you look at even what happened uh, recently with the with crypto winter, right? Uh, you know, when the, the, some company over leveraged, but when a margin call happened, it happened automatically, right? There mm -hmm. were no discussion. I've been in traditional bank for many years, and when you have to margin call a client, a corporate client, they say, give me three days, give me two sure, days. Yeah. So I think a lot of these solution uh, implemented into uh, the traditional products that we have, like security services, you can really reach true delivery versus payment exactly at the same time with a smart contract. So that means you don't necessarily need to, to have credit facility if your payment are done. So it can change things. If you reapply, we look at the product we have, apply blockchain is going to be a real revolution. Mm -hmm. That's I great. saw the NFT, obviously, which is uh, coming. Sure. And, and some people say NFT is like a, a picture, right, or something like that. But in fact, NFT is much more than that. It's uh, anything it, digital that you can own. It's right? a smart contract, mm -hmm. right, at the end of the day, right? So yeah. you can 
your imagination is a limit on what you can do. Yeah. That's great. And so, you know, going a little bit into the blockchain and, and crypto and NFTs, um, which we typically say for our uh, future blockchain summit podcast, but, you know, with the fintech, it's, it's very interconnected, especially with crypto. Is crypto and decentralized finance the, the future of what everyone will use or will it always coexist with traditional finance? I think uh, it's, uh, it will have a, a coexistence for quite some time, mm -hmm. but ultimately, uh, I think the technology, if you're able to add to the technology, the trust, some kind of governance, uh, it, it, it will uh, overtake uh, the traditional way of doing things. But you need to add, what is missing is uh, how we demonstrate through decentralized finance, we also manage risk. We need some kind of regulation mm -hmm. because, you know, it's, uh, if you're not regulated, you, you can start with good intention, but it's going to end up very badly for of everybody. Course. So you need to make sure people are aware of the risk. Uh, people, you have limit on how, what you can leverage or what you cannot. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to do that, it, it, it will uh, take over. Right? Sure. And we've talked a little bit about the, the speed of fintech and how quickly things are evolving. How does Zen plan to stay ahead of what's happening? Um, we see, you know, within the next five years, 10 years, everything will look different than it does today. Yes. So the same as five years ago, it did not look the way it does today. Yeah. How does, how does Zen make sure that they're at the top of the game whenever it looks completely different? Yes, so we, from day one, we made sure that uh, uh, or we can uh, pivot at any point in time, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean is that not creating legacy. Uh, always say on day one you don't have a legacy, but on day two you have a legacy. So we start without legacy. But in order not to create legacy, each time we add, for example, a new solution, a new fintech, mm -hmm. uh, we follow a very uh, strict, uh, rigid architecture uh, design, mm -hmm. making sure that any solution we plug, like for example, PFM, uh, we are not creating a lot interdependency with other solutions. So if one day, you know, it's like the, the iPhone, if there is a better solution, you should be able to remove it. Sure. Obviously, only this function will not work, but mm -hmm. the rest will keep working. Mm -hmm. So be able to always uh, to change, uh, to evolve your technology. And that's why, you know, one of the issues with traditional bank is that they have a big capex when they start. Mm -hmm. So they invest for the next 10 years in a solution. First, we move from capex to opex, so we pay per use. Sure. So the day we want to replace, we, we, we are able to replace solutions. Easy. So we believe that even the core banking, we can replace very easily. So it's very modular kind of things yeah. that should allow us to uh, be able to be always relevant. Yeah. Uh, Plug, play, remove, replace. Exactly. It becomes a lot easier when it comes like, to... A lot easier. Because solution, we, we keep evolving, right? Yeah. Uh, very, very quickly, and we need to plug and play. Yeah, and you need to make space in the organization for these things to happen. Otherwise, exactly. you, you can't move. And new things come into play, and you just don't have the space for it. And you say, maybe not this time, maybe next time. Then exactly. your competitor takes over, and, yeah. and that's their advantage, and you're yeah. disadvantaged, right? And so, you know, we're, we're obviously very excited to have, you know, players like you in the UAE, um, you know, evolving the way fintech is being adapted in the UAE. I've been here only eight years, and from the time that I started, whenever you would go to the food court in the mall, and they still only accepted cash, 
to now. You can buy now, pay later. You can tap to pay. Uh, yes. Some people are taking crypto. Things have evolved tremendously in these eight years, and I think mm. it's because of players like you. Mm. And you know, I'm excited to see where it is in five years. I believe that when I go back home to the U.S., UAE is now more evolved than a lot of the merchants exactly. what they have to offer yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, do you believe that uh, you know you've just identified a gap in the UAE and moved forward with it, or is the UAE just a perfect place? to implement your, your system? I, I think the UAE is a perfect place for this, right? When you see the thinking uh, process uh, here, and one of the latest thing is, uh, you know, VALA, Virtual Asset Regulatory Authorities that has been established here, I think is pretty unique, right? Nobody has done it before. Mm -hmm. So you can see between VALA, ESCA, Central Bank, I think everything, all, everything is there from a, from a support to be, to, be, to be able to be successful. That's great. So we are really working all together to make sure that uh, in UAE we can experiment, implement, uh, design new things that nobody is able to do yeah, that's uh, in great. other countries. Yeah. UAE is moving very fast. I mean, I Extremely know that uh, by the time the US implemented a bill as far as crypto regulation, VARA mm -hmm. was already established. And yes. It's now a regulatory authority, whereas other places are just starting Thinking to Thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and things are moving very fast. Um, as you might know, VARA is actually uh, associated with Road Trade Center and the Future Blockchain Summit. Mm. Um, so they're actually hosting a roundtable at the summit, uh, specifically through VARA. So, mm. so we're very, very excited about what VARA is doing. We're very excited about you know, working with VARA. And uh, you know, because of these sort of things, we're excited about the UAE. Uh, we are very excited as well, working with Vara. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing, right? That's why I'm saying, you know, it's evolving very fast. Mm -hmm. Maybe nine months ago, we couldn't have this kind of conversation, but now, you know, we can talk about all this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the UAE is genuinely, you know, the fintech hub of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. I want to say, uh, if my statistics are correct, 24% of all fintechs in the region or in the UAE specifically. Um, the government is funneling lots of money into startups, they're funneling a lot of money into fintechs. Most of the investments through the region have gone into fintech. Uh -huh. and, and as you mentioned, you know, fintech touches 70% of everything that we do. Yes. You know, so, so it's huge, super huge. And, and it's, you know, as we you know, work towards the future, uh, I'm sorry, the fintech surge in October, um, October 10th through 13th at the Dubai World Trade Center, it's not just a matter of us putting on an event for fintech, but we're in the fintech hub of the region. It's a huge place to operate fintech, and we're putting on the largest fintech show hmm. in the region. So, you know, in your opinion, what what do you see the value of shows like you know fintech surge, and, and what do you expect to see when you come to fintech surge? I think the value of uh, putting together shows like that is really uh, creating a community mm -hmm. and engaging with the community is where when you meet other people that new ideas are coming up. So I think that's one big part, right? A lot mm -hmm. of things happen when you go to this kind of event, you know, where coffee break, right? People, yeah, oh, sure. you do this, you do that. Uh, in fact, I found a, a few fintech through yeah, <laughs> this, kind, did. Oh, this kind of event, right? Yeah. Uh, things that you don't even think exist, mm -hmm. that you have been thinking about, and you are very surprised to, to see that some people have been thinking yeah. about it. Um, so that's really for this networking, creating the community, the engagement, knowing what's going on in a, in a market, we're thinking about what. 
uh, is, uh, add a, a tremendous value uh, to, to, to everybody. So I think it's a win-win for, for everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really something that, that's very important to us as we organize this show is that you know, the people that are looking for fintechs to be implemented within their solutions, whether it's the digital bank, whether it's the institutions, regular authorities, traditional banks that are trying to, to find better ways to service their customers, they come to these shows looking for the fintechs to offer that solution, whereas fintechs come to the shows looking for people that need their solution. Correct. You know, so you know, a lot of shows, it, it kind of sometimes can be salespeople talking to salespeople, whereas you know, we place a big emphasis on connecting the right people who are looking for the right people, and, and I feel like we, we do a very good job of that. Yeah, excellent. In fact, yeah. this is very good. Well, well, thank you so much for joining yeah, us, welcome. Olivier. I think that uh, you know, we really touched on you know, the importance of digital banking and why UAE is a great place, and we really look forward to seeing you at Fintech Surge in October. Yeah, welcome. Thank great. you so much. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of the Fintech Surge podcast. Be sure to join us live October 10th through October 13th for Fintech Surge at the Dubai World Trade Center alongside Jitex. Register to visit at fintechsurge.com and be sure to subscribe to our social media channels. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for all the latest updates on Fintech in the Middle East and join the conversation over on our social channels. We look forward to seeing you at Fintech Surge in the Dubai World Trade Center from October 10th to October 13th. I'm Stephen Beth, and this has been the Fintech Surge Podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities.